everybody. Welcome to Busy Living Soap. Busy Living Soap. Busy Living Soap. We are episode 159 today with Seymour. Hey, hey. there, Seymour. Hi, Busy. How are you? Not too bad. Huh? Good to talk to you. You too. Thanks so much for reaching out. Oh, yes. Thanks for come, uh, reaching back. <laughs> and you're out on the West Coast? I am in Oregon, yes. How is it in Oregon during these crazy, crazy COVID-19 times? Well, I mean, I can't compare it to other places, but I'm pretty sure it's not nearly what some cities are experiencing. I live about 80 miles east of Portland, so I'm in a small community, about 10,000 people. And um, it is strange as I could ever imagine. I can't, can't even, like, it's surreal in a lot of ways, but I'm hoping uh, we're all going to get through this. Exactly, exactly. So will you go, will you tell me about your experience, strength, and hope, and what happened, and what, you know, what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now? I can, I would love to. And uh, I'm excited to have the opportunity to uh, share my story. Hold on one second. Let's get my headphones in. Here we go. Can you hear me now? I can hear you perfectly. And you don't sound like you're natural. You're, you're, you're a native of I'm, Oregon. <laughs> I am not. I, I'm from Boston. I grew up in Boston. And um, I, uh, I, my, my sobriety happened when I left um, about 18 months ago uh, when I left Boston for Oregon. So... Yes, I do have the accent, and, and I always <laughs> I can't see the shake where I go. I stand up like a sore thumb. But yeah, I uh, I am just so happy to be sober today, and and just excited to talk about it. And it's hard to talk about it, as far as I can see. It's like, like I said, I just kind of moved from where I'm at, and I don't, you know, I don't know where the meetings are right now, and I'm sure they're difficult to get to. I'm everyone experienced stuff like that, and. Uh, to talk about it, an opportunity with someone who's, in, you know, enthusiastic and really into it. And that's great. That's what I'm about. I, I, don't, I don't like talking about it with people who don't want to hear about it or they're not ad, uh, alcoholics or addicts. You know, they kind of, it's awkward sometimes. So I'm excited always to talk about it because it's, um, it's a gift that I was given somehow when I had given up, you know. Um, yeah. I had... Uh, started drinking early and I was doing hard drugs by the time I was in 10th grade and um, shortly after high school was doing uh, I was hooked on opioids you know and yes this ruled my life for 25 years or more and I struggled so hard I had given up like I, you know I had given up it wasn't in the cards for me I figured this is just not, I'm not capable of quitting. I've tried so many times, but um, somehow it changed. And that's not all my, you know, I can't even put it all together exactly how it happened. I'm just so grateful that it did. And yes. So you started, so you started drinking and, and doing drugs in high school normally, like when you were a freshman or like when I started drinking when I was 13. So. Yeah. Did you, how old were you? 
about 12, 13, yeah, we started drinking and, you know, enjoying it and, you know, smoking, you know, some weed or taking acid shortly thereafter around freshman year. And um, it was just, it's, everyone else did it. So I don't know exactly why no one, <laughs> none of these people, of any of us, could realize that, you know, smoking cocaine at 15 years old is the best <laughs> You're, you're on a death wish, and you don't see any problem with it because the people we're around are, the people we look up to are absolute S-heads, you know? These people who I used to think were so cool are not the people I think they were now that I'm sober. And uh, looking back, it's easy to see all that. But um, it just got so quickly out of control because um, the, 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 all the drinking and drugs helped me feel less insecure it, it worked you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was inspired by drugs in the beginning for you know in alcohol because they did something that helped me get outside myself because somehow just wasn't able to be conscious you know on my own and feel comfortable and my anxiety you know it, it, it was cured with some of that stuff in the beginning and um i went to call i was i'm a musician I play music, and that's always been my love. So I went to, after high school, I went to music college in Lowell, Massachusetts. And um, unfortunately, my degree was in using drugs. <laughs> I was living in the worst place. Of, I was going to school in, in a place where drugs were all around. And, you know, the, the, I was on course, and I didn't realize, and there was no way to change it. So that... Um, yeah, I, I wish I paid more attention and, you know, did, didn't do those things. But now, now that I'm sober, I'm happy, you know, to know these, all these things that I learned are coming back to me, and it's great. <laughs> oh, you sound – well, I can hear it in your voice, your excitement and, your, and just your enthusiasm. So I want to ask you, do you, did you have – was there any um, alcoholism or addiction in your family? Be, I mean, or are you there the sure only is. one? Okay. No, both of uh, my grandparents on uh, my dad's side were heavy drinkers, like really uh, art-type people who lived in upstate New York, you know, artists, and they had Jim Crow handles, you know, the big Jim Crow. (laughs) They had cases of it when I was like 13 years old, wondering, like, why do they need so many? But that's how it works. You don't want to run out. (laughs) And then, uh, then my dad also was a a drinker with depression and um yeah so it's definitely in my family yeah i believe it's a i mean it sounds well i always believe that it's a family disease and that it's kind of like you don't pick it it's like you go at least for me growing up nobody said to me oh by the way you might end up like your grandmother yeah. become an alcoholic if you start drinking nobody ever told us that right no it's they no it is a, there is a link there is there's definitely a link so you, so you ended up, so you went to college, and then after you leave, now did you finish, or did you leave there and just go play music? What was your next adventure? Well, I was capable of graduating. took me some extra time, but I did graduate, and I was happy to do that, and somehow I was able to do that. And then, um, you know, I was, I, I had, you know, a lot of people worried about me for a long time, and then um, there was years of, you know, they, they were concerned. And then, the, and then the year 
the years of they couldn't be concerned and weren't concerned. And I was still, you know, really messed up. But people just after a while don't even know how to help or want to help. And they're just tired of, like, dealing with it. And I get that. And, um, you know, I, I've been in so many rehabs. It's almost in the triple digits. I can't even understand the years that I had. I was only out there for 25 years. How many, how many rehabs did I do and how often? But I struggled just to, you know, I've done halfway houses, and there was times that I did have sobriety. And it just wasn't like it is now. Today, today I'm 180 degrees from the person I used to be. I, I identified myself with drugs. I was on the methadone clinic. So I love the methadone clinic, and it saved my life. But after years of it, it felt like my freedom was just, I couldn't really achieve the kind of sobriety I want to want it in terms of myself, I'm not saying anything bad about those kinds of maintenance programs because I would not be talking to you if it wasn't for that. And, uh, you know, I broke away from that. And I used to identify myself as someone who did drugs, enjoyed them, pursued them, and I just, my life was that. And alcohol, too, all of it. And um, today, I'm not that way. Today, I don't want to cloud myself with these things. And I'm grateful that I could get far enough away to feel good because it takes, it takes months and just mentally and physically feeling horrible from quitting any kind of drug or alcohol. You know, it doesn't, you don't feel good. You're like, yeah, I should feel good right now. You know, I'm doing the right thing, but I feel terrible. Today, I feel good. And I'm happy to be past the worst of it. Oh my gosh! And tell me this: so, at the so eighteen months ago, what what happened that made you wake up that day and say, you know, people always want to know what happened, and I know that the listeners yeah. that are out there that are taking like have been on heroin and have done and have been on methadone, yeah. and they're like, how did he do it? Like, what happened? Is was there any like for me? There was no like sirens behind me, or I just was sick and tired. And what would you say happened to you, Seymour? Well, I can explain it, it um, as well as I can. It had come down to where I was daily, you know, getting my methadone daily, and that's, you know, nothing new. But from there, it would continue with I needed more drugs, different drugs, cocaine, and also pills. And then if I couldn't find this one, I'd buy that one. And then I'm buying more. And then I'm, then I'm like finding myself buying heroin again after, you know, not doing that, and absolutely just spinning out of control. And I have someone who I. Um, you know, I was, I was married, and I met someone who I grew up with, a girl, and she just, um, I had overdosed while a week before I had left, and I was, I was going to die. She was quite sure of it, and it was happening in front of all these people around me, my parents, my wife, my kids, and like no one, the methadone doctors, the methadone doctors thought I should go up. That was their solution many times. Was, they just weren't hearing me. So I got on a plane. She convinced me. And I got on a plane, and I, I was set up to take my methadone for another week, and I did. And then after that week, I was to come back to Boston, and I packed my bags. I was ready to get on the plane, and it was this huge snowstorm, and I was very, like, you know, I didn't know what I was doing, but it worked out where I said, I'm just not going to go. 
I am not going to go back to Boston. Thank you. I'm not going back to Boston because I will never make it there. And I've proven that over my time, you know, 25 years of trying. And it's just, it's not working. So I, so I quit the methadone cold turkey. And I used Advil. And I had someone around me because without this person, I would have certainly gotten some different drugs and probably not succeeded. But I was able to just use Advil and just take hot gas and try and, you know, try and get through it. And I was somewhere else. Being, being 3,000 miles somewhere else helped me a lot. Right. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And, that, and, then, once, and then did you go to meetings while you were out there? Or what, did you, what, did, what was your support system? Or what kind of spirituality did you find? Or what, what tools would you recommend? And what worked for you? Well, I have... I've had difficult, I've had some good meetings that I've been part of over my years of recovery and trying. I, at this point, I don't have like a home group or meeting that I'm a part of. And I did just move to a place that I feel the recovery would be a good place to pursue and check out. I've, I've had anxiety, I think, all my life. And I love meetings, but Sometimes I get tangled up in the wrong side of the meeting somehow. And I don't know, I, I wish, and I'm, you, you know, the way I stay sober now and how I've done it has been speaking about it with my partner who's sober as well. She's has 10 years and we do a lot of talk therapy that is very helpful. And uh, talking is like one of the best things for me because they tried to give me drugs or different, you know, depressants and, you know, uh, mood stabilizers. Like, you know, that stuff kind of makes you feel sick, but talking seems to do it well, but got to be the right people as well that you're talking with, you know? Um, I don't oh my know. God, I that's key. That is key. I think you just hit the, I mean, I think having somebody to talk to that you trust that doesn't judge you and just that's listen, right. you know? That's right. Yes. Yes. I'm somehow, I'm a little reluctant. You know, people mess me up in the, in the whole scheme of things. People, <laughs> I, you know, I'm a, pe- I'm a people pleaser, I've realized lately. <laughs> I'm a people pleaser. And I think, why am I a people pleaser? Because I have anxiety about things that aren't really very realistic. But if you're happy, I'm figuring that's better. And I just have to, like, learn not to be quite so that way and um, give it a chance. I don't know. Everything... Now, this time for, you know, recovery, I've had some time, you know, not this much, but this time it's different. I just, I don't want to mess up what I've started. I don't want to cloud my vision and I feel good and I don't want to ever go back. (laughs) No. And so geographic cure has worked for you. That's right. Yes. It doesn't always work. That was one thing I used to do. It's like people give me all, people will give you advice and people have good advice and some ain't so good. But sometimes when it comes down to what you need, none of the other opinions matter. And to listen to my heart and get back to the person I was literally as a teenager and like get back to the person and know what I need. It's hard to know what you need sometimes. 
it's growing up and we don't, and sometimes we don't have those resources. And so we turn to drugs and we aren't a grown up. And I think like I got sober at 37 and how old are you now? I'm 44. Yeah. So I got sober at 37. So you were 43, right? And, uh, yes. and you know, I feel like it was like, I go, went through life, like doing everything at what I was supposed to do, but like, give me another drink, give me another drink, give me another drink, give me another drink. Yeah. I can't have any feelings because if I have feelings, I'm going to become a total train wreck on the floor, you know? Right. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And then once it's, once it's gotten too far away from where you remember you wanted to go, you don't know what you're doing. And like the best thing you know, and now you knew was how to keep going and using, like you're saying, you know, I don't want to feel all this stuff that I've gotten myself into. Or I, I, I just need to forget it and feel these drugs. And I, they, oh. they, they get you, they, they, they trick you in the beginning. They do work at some level and then it absolutely turns its ugly head and it's like a monster you've been dealing with. It had no idea. Now it's about a size of a gigantic building ready to stomp on you. Oh, yeah. Don't you think that all of your problems that were there before you started, I mean, they never, you'd wake up the next morning, you'd still have the same problems, but now you don't feel great on top of it. <laughs> it's, it's so true. It's like the hardest thing I could do was stop my entire life. And it was so hard for me. And, I had all this, you know, uh, negative shit around, excuse me, negative stuff about feeling like when you need alcohol and drugs all the time, you, you can't think happy thoughts. There are no good things going on. And now that I'm sober, it's like my time here isn't that long and I've wasted enough. And now it's time for me to feel good and wake up thinking about good things. And so now, what do you do every day? Tell us what you're doing every day and how your life's like today. Well, I eat really healthy, you know, the best I can. And I'm not saying wicked healthy, but I eat, I make sure to eat because for a long time I didn't eat. I didn't like food. There was no point to it. But I like to get healthy and eat, so I make sure I eat enough and, you know, things that just make you feel good to eat. So that's one thing I do a lot. I do a lot of exercise, like just walking or being outside, going fishing. I'm not working right now, so I have a lot of time. I have a, I have a, uh, a Shiba Inu dog. He needs a ton of walking, so I'm constantly, like, every 45 minutes needing to go outside and walk. And I just try and, uh, you know, stay positive and think about where I want to go. I want to be playing my music. Uh, just you know that's my goal in life i i have done i've wasted so much time on things that didn't serve me you know and doing all these things for everyone else's reasons unfortunately things get twisted up that way now it's my time you know this is my turn and i am here for any i i got sober and all the people i knew were back in boston like i don't see anybody and they all Basically, I don't know if they resent the fact that you had to leave and can't be there. Like, but I, you know, your true friends come out when you get sober. I have a few supporters, but a lot of the people don't support my sobriety, which is telling to me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So, um, but that's hard. That's tough. 
right? It's tough. And I know what it's like to have to tell family members and people that like, I just have to, you know, I love you from afar. I just can't, I I have to stay sober, right? I mean, that's number one, or I'm going to be dead. It's true. I can't, um, I can't go back to that place. My father passed away while I have been in uh, sobriety and me and him were so close. So when I left Boston, you know, it was like, he, he knew I needed to leave. He knew I was in a bad situation. He helped me out like, like he does. He's also my best friend for sure. And um, so I got sober and I never got to see him in this state. You know, my recent sobriety of like this clarity. And I had to go back and it was really tough. It was so stressful. And, um, you know, I, um, I, had to get back, I had to get up and out of there really quick after it was over and it was time to go. So that... I am, I'm so much better somewhere else so that I can't risk it. I won't do it. Well, the interesting thing, I think, is learning how to take care of ourselves. That's something we never learn, right? Like you learn to That's read, right. you learn to write, you learn to do certain things. But to learn to really take care of yourself as a human being That's is something we don't learn, you know? Yes. Self-care. Is, you just brought it up. That's, that's my number one thing that I do in sobriety and uh, my partner helps me do it and reminds me it's like no just you don't feel well okay we'll take a bath and then go to bed early because it doesn't because that's what you do when you want to help yourself and feel good and don't think like I used to think sacrifice because all the people around me showed me sacrifice my dad sacrificed like his entire sanity and it didn't serve him and it made dysfunction everywhere and then drink on top of those things you know what I mean like it's important to do self-care. It's so important. Oh, my gosh. And it sounds like you getting outside, you know, in, you know, walking around in Mother Nature is like the best. It's an amazing medicine. Taking a bath. Definitely. I love that. I love <laughs> that. And communicating because we all, you know, in the 12 steps, we say get a sponsor, right? Somebody yes. that you can, which I believe is true, but it's hard to find somebody you can really trust. It is. That you don't even know. That's correct. With some of the most personal stuff and yeah that's that's tricky I'll be honest if I didn't have I call my partner my sponsor you know because that's the way it works if I couldn't speak about the way I felt and feel a connection to someone who really cared I don't think I'd be sober right now I have to be honest so it's like I know I didn't do this myself and I know I'm really blessed to have someone who's close to me who can really help with like therapy she's quite insightful on all these things, actually being in recovery and stuff, you know? So, um, yeah, it's important to connect with somebody outside yourself because inside my own mind, it's a dangerous place. I cannot be there and like not let people on this know that, you know, I've been having these, like I've been having these visions lately of flashbacks of times where I've been on the streets and been doing things and really bad times. And it's like, well, that's not just a flashback. That's you cravings. You're craving. And it's like, I need to talk about that. And, I, and we think about it. It's like, yeah, that's your mind remembering all these little bad little details. <laughs> and, and, like, be, be conscious of it. I got to be aware of it. And when I speak about it, that helps. Of course, because if we keep, I feel like once I, once I let it out of my head and I either talk about it or write it down on paper, 
If I don't do that and it just sits in my brain, it becomes this big monster. I That's love correct. the reference that you just used, like a big, tall mount, biz, um, building trying to smash you down, right? That's it. Yep. Yep. Be- because anything between my ears, it's like I tell people that are newly coming in all the time, I'm like, going into your head is like a very dangerous place. <laughs> it's true. It, it really is. So is. Yeah. It is. And so, and gosh, and how lucky are you that you got off of heroin? Because that isn't what's happening to a lot of Americans, you know, a lot of young oh, people. Man, I know. I, I feel like I shouldn't be here. And that's what I want to like say to someone who might struggle and struggled and struggled and still is struggling. It's like the way I, I had to leave where I was, that was key. I had to go somewhere else, like 3,000 miles away. Not it's close. I had to take my telephone and throw it away. That would, I would recommend anybody who's trying to get sober. It's like you can't keep your focus if you have your telephone with even people who love you trying to call you. Because it's not, you're not ready for that. You know, I see so many people have been in rehab and they're just like, you know, in, in 20 days, they want to just reassess, re, realign everything in their life and get back to it. And it's, that's, that's been my downfall, thinking I can do that. It's like, I had to make some big changes in my life. And part of it was like being honest, like I don't want to be a laborer or a tree worker. I did tree work all my life. It's like, no, I want to be a musician. Well, you're never going to do it unless you try. And yeah. it's not easy, but sobriety is the only possibility for, you know, those things that I've always dreamt of. Oh my God. It's, that is not the truth. Amen to that. <laughs> I love what you just, you know, I just, it's amazing that you finally, you know, I hear so many people that go into treatment centers and they're like, oh, I got my phone. I have my phone the whole time. I'm yeah. like, how do you ever get sober with like not like turning everything off? Yeah. Yeah. All of it. All of the TV, the, the phone and um, really like figure out, figure out those things that make you feel good. Because I was, you know, I got, I, when I get sober, it's like I didn't want to get sober so I could go back to the job that I never really liked in the first place. But that's not going to work. That's not going to work for me. And my time, you know, when I was young, no one could really tell you what to do. It's like, uh, I wish someone maybe got me a little earlier and kind of just impressed upon me the dangers of the things I was doing. But you probably couldn't have made me understand anyone. And, you know, no one could have told me and I would have listened. So that now that I'm older, I'm like, I don't want to die. I don't want to kill myself. I don't want to slowly be punishing my body it's time to like self-care do some natural things and and I never thought it would feel good I got clean the first couple weeks I said I'm never going to be able to eat I'm never going to be able to like feel good because I'm not feeling good and it took a while but if you're out there and you feel that way it does go away I feel better today I'm healthy you know as healthy as I can be especially healthier than I was you know so. And tell me this: What did you have any? Did you did you have any health problems because of it? I'm lucky that I do not. I have. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah, I managed to like not be um, given a disease or some kind of illness that will be super difficult for me. I um, I have a bad back, and that's from working. I'm super lucky. I'm blessed, and and it's. It's never too late to stop fucking, excuse me, I'm sorry to the boss. Never too late to just give yourself a chance 
give yourself a chance to live because the person inside is never there when you're using. Exactly, exactly. The person that you really are down, it's all, it gets, it gets overshadowed and overshadowed with resentment and with fear and with yep. shame and with blame and every, I mean, all those horrible, it's like, words that I could adjectives to describe the way we feel and the way we get to when we're using it just it's an awful way and I can hear that I, I can't even see you but it sounds like the light is definitely back on in your body and in your eyes and that you feel like oh my gosh I'm back and now I absolutely I can, do I can hear it I can hear it, even though I can't see you but I'm excited because you're going to send me a picture so I can attach it to this podcast oh, I and um, I want to ask you, so you've written a couple, I want you to talk about your music now. So tell us all okay. about your music and everything. I'd love to share that with everyone. Sure. I, um, I've always played guitar, played guitar for like 30 plus years. And um, I've been, I've never really written many songs, but now in sobriety, they all seem to come to me. And I was able to... Um, hide away after I, you know, first got sober in the first six to 12 months and play and record music in a home studio that I made and um, not in someone else's studio, you know, <laughs> which can be uncomfortable. It's hard to kind of get, come up with ideas. So I was just doing it on my own. I learned to use a lot of electronic, digital, you know, ways of making music like GarageBand and these things that are so fun. GarageBand saved my life. I'm like a video game guy, but it's with music. It's so cool. And I just have been like a little kid back into music. And I, I tend to write songs about, about, you know, what's happened to me and just, you know, a lot of them with a positive message of like, just try and try and try and give yourself a chance, you know, and, um, try and feel good while we're here on earth because, there's no point in being there and torturing ourselves and punishing ourselves because I used to think I deserved to be punished and especially after I was stuck on drugs for so long it felt like yeah you really deserve it because you're just that whatever but the time's short let's make the best of it and the songs I like to write you know all different kinds I'm a, I'm a Jimi Hendrix fan Stevie Ray Vaughan um, I'm cut from the blues you know for a long time I thought you had to live the blues to play them <laughs> and that, that is not the case. So uh, the best people who are out there doing it are sober. And I've realized that. And I look at look around some of the, my favorite guitar players that are popular and touring. They're sober, man. All the best people are sober today. And they've all had our journey, right? So we can relate to them. And you don't have to feel ashamed. And you don't have to feel like, oh, my God, I'm a piece of you know what. That's and correct. Right? Yeah. And now you get to be like the winners, right? We're like the winners. And even if we don't, if nothing even happens with all the, the stuff, at That's least right. we're alive, right? Yes, exactly. It's not even dependent. It is independent. Thanks for saying that. It's like, I'm just doing it and it's pleasing me. And it's like, that's what it's about is pleasing yourself. So you feel good. And you're making this amazing music. Well, I listened to both of your songs. They're awesome. Oh, thank and you. you. And um, I'm going to have one attached, you know, so the listeners know that I'm going to have one on here so everybody can listen to it. Now, are, do, you, are, do you have a place on Spotify or? I, I'm on, yes, I'm on all those platforms, Spotify and Apple Music and uh, the YouTube Music under the, um, the title Soul Bird Band. 
Well, what I'm going to have you do is if you would send me some links, and I'll put them in the podcast. And so if people want to go look you right. up, they can just click that, and they oh, can take awesome. you right there. Thanks, Busy. I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> well, I think that it's like, you know, I, I think you've said so many amazing things today. And, you know, the okay. fact that you're alive and, you know, you talked about being in, re- like, triple-digit rehabs. I mean, that's yeah. meaning, you know, how many people thought you were not going to make it? All of them. All of them, you know? That's why I'm talking to that those those people. It's, it's, it's we've, I don't know if I've seen people who have come in using and turned around their life in six months, and you wouldn't believe this is the same person with the thoughtfulness and intention, you know, and it's like that can be you. This is capable. It's inside of all of us, no matter how far we've come. And it's not easy, and I just want to try and help people who believe it's not capable because I didn't think it was possible. I did not. I just didn't. And there's ways to do it, and it's hard to know how to do it sometimes. I didn't know. But there's a recipe, and it will help us, help you. And and it's possible. It's worth doing. It's worth it. Well, you know what I love? I mean, I think you know, but Busy Living Sober is all about getting busy living sober today. Oh, and, you know, we all think that it's not, we could, our, you know, we're losers, right? If anybody looks at us, I'm a freaking, I'm a drunk and, you know, I'm a drug addict yeah. and I'm yeah. a loser. I'm the person you see on the streets with the panhandling. I see people that are under yeah. the bridges. That is just like me. I'm no different from those people. And I'm a loser. And that's, but the reality is none of us are losers. We have a that's disease right. that was handed down just like whatever color eyes you are. And, you know, our families and send down these genes. And when we activate, activate the addiction one, we're off to the races, and there's nothing we can do, right, unless it's, we finally get up and get sober. It's out of our control, so it's very – got so many facets of how it needs to happen to work, and it can, but it's, you just have to, like – Surrender. You've you got to surrender to win. This will be the hardest – this was the hardest thing I'll ever have to do, ever. Yes. I won't ever yes. have to go through something that's like this, at least. And it's, you know, difficulty and um, things seem easier comparatively. And man, um, I mean, I don't think I think we lived in hell when they, people talk That's about, right. well, God, hell. I'm like, I've already been to hell. Thank you. I know what it's like to wake up in the morning and not be able to even look in the mirror. That's right. That's right. But now you are and you're making music and you're <laughs> you're on fire and you're falling in love with your and you're getting out there and it is like you've got to be proud of yourself I am I am definitely cheering you on I am so oh, grateful thank you. you reached out to me I really me am and keep in touch with us okay will you email me maybe we'll get we'll see how you're doing a year from now and see or maybe when you have definitely years, give me a call let me know how you're doing your 26 months whatever when you feel like reaching out but I just um, you know I, ho- I, I hope I sure you- will and um Stay safe and healthy in these crazy times, and um, keep getting busy living sober, all right? I sure will, Busy. It's so good to talk with you. So great talking to you, too, Seymour. Keep it up. Keep up the good work. Take care. Thank you. Be safe. Bye. You, too. Bye-bye.